How's it going, guys? Welcome to episode 73 of Fear Frequency. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne, and this week, as always, I'm joined by my best friend, George Frizzard. What's up? Just just hanging out, sitting here. This week, we're reviewing The Silence in segment two. Well, George's, because I didn't watch it. But before <laughs> we get into the show, do we have any emails or reviews, George? Uh, no, no new emails or reviews. Um, but if you would like to send in something for us to read, that email is fearfrequencypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you leave us a review on iTunes, we'll read it on the show. So go give us a five-star review, five-star only. If you give us anything lower, we will not read it. So go give us a five-star review. All right, George, what have you been playing this week during E3? Um, big thing I've been playing has been Fallout 76. Oh, yeah, you uh, bought a new computer. Yep, so I've been playing on my laptop here, my new gaming laptop, and trying and to catch up. That's what you're recording up. on? Yeah, currently. This is going to be my new setup uh, going forward, so if it sounds like shit, that's why. And you're stuck with it, so it doesn't... <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't sound like shit. So this is like a two-part thing, because George bought the computer right before we recorded last week, and now he has it. So last night, George... Uh, me, Ethan, and Grayson, who are our Discord mods. Um, if, if you've seen E-Tripped or Childish Sinatra, that's them. We all hopped into Fallout 76 to try out the new Battle Royale mode, which was announced at E3, but we all kind of knew it was coming. And they put it live that night or the following morning, and they were like, it's a test trial like for a week. But it's so much fun, and it's so good and well-made that they're just keeping it in the game now. We've been playing a lot of it. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, this kind of surprised me. Not that I'm really against Battle Royales, but I haven't really found one that has really clicked with me until now. Um, where I just feel like a lot of times the skill ceiling is so high that you have to put so many hours into the game to even be decent at it that I just don't <laughs> like. I just don't get good enough uh, to right. really compete. But this feels balanced enough where anybody who has like any amount of skill with Fallout can get kills like in my first two matches i had three or four kills which is unheard of for me in a battle royale game right you did really well it was awesome and it's cool <laughs> because you drop in you don't drop in you pick a spot on the map and then everyone can see red dots on the map for a second you can see where everyone's spawning and then once you're in you just go and open up crates and there will be guns in there you don't have to worry about attachments you don't have to worry about armor at all really you just find full sets of armor you can find power armor in the world and all of the guns have been rebalanced so that they're all kind of competitive. So if you have a 10 millimeter pistol or a pipe rifle, you can be competitive with each other. And it works really well. It's cool to play it with a full squad of four people. It is. It definitely feels like the beta of it, which is fine because they only have one map that's just a chunk of uh, Flatwoods from the main game. And they also need to add in more maps, more uh, ways to play solo where you don't just, like, you can turn off team filling, but then you're going up against teams of four, which isn't really fair, so I hope they add in right. solo mode. But the cool thing is, it all go feeds into your adventure mode character. So while you're playing, you're unlocking cosmetics and emblems and stuff for your main character, and you can wear your cosmetics in the battle royale mode, which is cool, and then you also get capped in XP. So that's awesome. I think it's really cool. Yeah, um, I think the rewards are pretty fair, um, you level up fairly quickly, 
and it's just it's just kind of a fun, cool, different way to play. Also, um, it's the first battle royale game that I've heard of that has actually like as like pretty deep lore like this one has, where they basically put out like a patch of how the like why this part of the world is irradiated and why this giant firestorm is coming in and killing everyone. So I think that's just kind of cool that there is a backstory to this. Yeah, and it has its own progression system, so it's called your Overseer Rank, and you can become the Overseer of Vault 51, and the way, there's like a mad computer running it called Zax, and Zax has been in other Fallout games, like Fallout 3, I think, and New Vegas, he shows up, and basically, he's like, I want to like make an Overseer, the survival of the fittest fight, so if he wants to get an Overseer, the winner of a match is then the Overseer. It's pretty cool, and as you rank up, you can explore the Vault 51 and find different pieces of lore and access new rooms, and they're all pretty cool, I hear. The, it really starts opening up when you get to level 10, and I'm like level 7, so I'm excited to try that out later. Yeah, um, even if you're not high level, there are some kind of cool areas where there's like fun photo opportunities. Like last night, we were uh, the four of us got together and we sat on stage and all played in, as a band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all bought the same outfit, so we were in like hunting vests and hunting shirts. Right. <laughs> we were all just sitting there playing instruments together. I got a great screenshot of it. It was just funny. We were a good squad rolling deep. And George has been committed to leveling up, so we're also trying to launch his first nuke this weekend in the main mode. So it's it's a lot of fun in Fallout right now. It's It's got a free week right now. I think it ends on Monday. So you have two days to try it out. But if you've ever been curious about this game, it's half off right now for 30 bucks, And I'm sure you can get it much cheaper somewhere else. You can try Nuclear Winter. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Also, uh, I think next weekend is a double XP weekend. So if you yeah. are just jumping into the game, uh, now would be a good time to kind of get that little... Uh, starting edge and boost your way up yeah so like after level 50 you stop getting new special points like point allotments so then every time you level up after that you can either unlock a new perk card or you know move your special points around and i need some levels to get some new cards and stuff (laughs) so i'm excited for that yeah it's been a lot of fun kind of jumping back into this game i I think if you haven't given it a chance and you've kind of written off this game as, oh, it's completely broken, it was so broken at launch that it was unplayable, but you were kind of curious about it, I think now is definitely a good time to jump in. I really like, I've been looking at the Twitter. I always look at the Twitter replies to see what people are saying whenever, you know, they've tweet something about Fallout. And you, now, where you still get the people who are like, oh, game's broken, like, it sucks, it's not Fallout, like, all that shit. Now people are going after them and saying, like, hey, it's good now. It's like, you just want it to be bad so you can have something to bitch about, and those people (laughs) are getting wrecked, which is pretty good, finally. Like, finally, it's turning around for people, and they're actually trying the game out. I think the free weekend really helped, or free week really helped it out. Yeah, so go play Fallout 76 if you haven't yet. Yeah, definitely go try it out and just buy it. It's cheap as hell. I've also been playing Cadence of Hyrule, which is like a sequel to Crypt of the Necrodancer. The problem is they put Crypt of the Necrodancer in the title, which makes you think that it's like a DLC or whatever. It's a mm. whole Zelda game that you just have to use rhythm mechanics to you know move around. Like you have to move on beat and figure out how to kill enemies that way without getting hit. But there's like full dungeons, there's puzzles, there's you know hidden walls with that you have to find with bombs. 
you play as Link or Zelda, you don't play as the main character from Crypto the Necrodancer, which is something else that you don't really understand from the trailer, because the trailer shows you playing as Cadence, <laughs> which is the character. It's like they advertised it really bad, but it is doing really well on Metacritic. It's only 25 bucks. I beat the first dungeon today. It took me about a couple hours, so I'm having a lot of fun with that game. Nice. Um, the only other thing yeah. I kind of jumped into a little bit has been uh, Days Gone. Uh, I put oh, yeah. like maybe two or three hours into that. Uh, it's a cool zombie game. So far, the story is uh, pretty trash, but it, it's fun <laughs> to explore. And uh, if you're kind of into the like motorcycle look of the game, that I think that kind of plays well. Um, it's just fun. Like it's a it's a cool passable zombie game. I want to put some some time into it, but I've just been really invested in Fallout. Yeah, like you, you just got a new gaming computer, so I'd imagine you're <laughs> dying to turn on your PS4. Right. You know? So, I don't know. There's a... I just got... When I went to the Xbox E3 thing... Speaking of E3, E3 was awesome. I went to the Xbox show, so I got to see Keanu on stage and everything. Um, but they gave out these, like, cool bags that had a year of Game Pass Ultimate. So I updated my computer and started playing around with that. They completely redid the Xbox app on PC, so it works a lot better and it looks nice. So that's yeah. cool. I really like that. Uh, I just downloaded that too. Um, I was subscribed to Game Pass and Xbox Live, but I just upgraded to Ultimate since it saves you $5 a month and you also get Game Pass on PC. Um, yeah, and the PC games they have included are pretty good. Yeah, um, I think there's like Arkham Knight is on there, um, Borderlands, the Handsome Collection. Yeah. Uh, hellblade so there's i think there's like 100 games or something they added so far and a lot of them are like really high quality cool stuff so if you're interested in that at all i think that's going to be cool and also in the future games that they've kind of announced are coming game pass are going to be good so this seems like definitely a, a service to sign up for yeah man i i really like it i mean i got a free year so i'm gonna try it out right that's really cool <laughs> i like uh I, I want to try it out on Xbox too, but I own a lot of the Xbox exclusives. So I was already, I already owned a bunch of the games, but there is some other stuff on there that I want to try out. I also, I went back to new super Mario bros. U, and that game's hard as fuck, man. <laughs> it's hard. Like when you, if you're in a world, it's like, you know, Mario's broken up into different worlds. Mm -hmm. If you run out of lives and get a game over, it boots you all the way back to the last castle you beat. So you could have beaten every level, but you can only officially save in the game, like checkpoint, and after you beat a castle. So you got to get through without getting a game over. And it doesn't like hand out unlimited lives like it does in <laughs> other ones. So I'm really liking that. But as soon as Mario Maker 2 is out, I'm jumping off. I'm like, all right, I'm going to play that. Yeah, the, there's um, some really cool Switch stuff coming out. Definitely. Switch is definitely stacked coming up. They have um, the Astral Chain coming out soon. That looks awesome. Yeah, when's uh, that out? That That's like a horror game. It's like I think, you're a cop taking on monsters and shit, right? I think Astral Chain is out next month. I think it's sometime in July. Yeah, we got Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Mario Maker 2, Fire Emblem The Three Houses. There's yeah. a lot coming out. And we've got Pokemon uh, an in announcement. November. Yeah, dude, Pokemon's going to be great. And um, Luigi's Mansion 3. I'm really excited for that. Animal Crossing. We also have Slender the Arrival coming out uh, in June, June 20th, I think, for $10. I've never played that game. I played the eight pages, you know, the free game. Have yeah. you ever played Slender the Arrival? No, I'm in the same boat as you. I tried out the eight pages when it was the, the big internet craze to play the game. 
but I haven't touched it since then. Like I haven't played. I heard it's pretty good. Versions. Yeah, I heard it's pretty scary. I I really want to try it out because like the concept of Slender Man is cool, even though the ru- movie ruined it. <laughs> um, it I just think that game will be fun, especially for ten bucks. So I'm probably gonna get that. That seems like a good game to play handheld mode with headphones on. Yeah, I could see that being pretty scary. Um, <laughs> with the like full surround sound and just like focusing on the little screen or docked on your TV would be fun too. Yeah, I also um I got to try out the pseudo sequel to Until Dawn uh man of medan at e3 so i didn't so these games are going to be coming out every six months starting with the man of medan and it's like i don't think it's going to be a full 60 dollar game so from what i played i think a lot of the issues i had with the demo were mainly because it it was being played on an xbox that had been on all day you know Mm -hmm. and like tons of people were just playing the same demo over and over on it so it was running a little shitty but it's straight up until dawn 2 like it's got the quick time moments the same sound effects there's like a narrator unfortunately not played by peter stormare but the plot of that looks like it's going to be set on a derelict world war ii battleship that's haunted and they had some cool shit like uh the floor turns black and then this like ghost lady all these hands come out of the floor and like pull you in and you got to do quick time events to escape it's it was pretty cool i would definitely try that out uh, when it's out on August 30th, I just I hope it's not 60 bucks because I don't think it I don't think it looks as good as Until Dawn. It doesn't have the same production value. I could see if it was like 60 bucks for like six episodes or something or five episodes. Yeah, like you bought a season do. pass, right? Dark Pictures Anthology or whatever. Right. If it's I could like see the, that. I the would first couple chapters together. I could I could justify that, but um, I don't know. I, I think Until Dawn is really a cool game, and I'd like to see that studio continue to make more stuff like that so i'm in uh, i think it looks cool and I'm, I'm excited to play it yeah so also announced at the xbox conference for the same day it's releasing on the same day as man and medan so we're gonna have a good you know horror weekend to play games but blair witch is getting turned into a video game by bloober team which is the people who made un- or uh layers of fear one and two so it's kind of like the perfect game for them to make and it basically takes a, uh, takes place, picks up two years after the original movie. You play a cop with a dog and you go out into the woods to find a missing kid. And I like lost my shit when they announced this at E3, man. Yeah, I like, this... I knew, I knew like immediately. I was like, this is fucking Blair Witch. And then it was awesome. I was so excited. It was cool because it was so unexpected. Like I had no uh, idea that they would be announcing a Blair Witch game, nor would I ever expect anybody was making a Blair Witch game. So when we started to see like the woods that we're also familiar with and like the cabin and I was like, oh, oh shit, they're doing a Blair Witch game. And I think that is like really untapped potential and could be one of the better horror games out this year. Yeah, totally. So Bloober Team, it looks like it's taking the same formula, but the graphics look really good. Like exploring a forest sounds awesome. And they said there's going to be combat in it, which they've never had in a game before. So I hope it's good. Uh, that's kind of strange what having combat yeah because not only like they haven't done combat before but also in the like lore of the blair witch universe like no one really fights anyone it's all running from the witch so i don't know how that really fits in but uh, i i I guess we'll wait and see in the trailer you can see a bunch of different kinds of enemies so as long as you have like a pistol i'm fine with that you know just like a six shooter or some, something just basic. Nothing I get, crazy. I don't want yeah. it to be like a first-person shooter, you know? Right. I get it if you're a police officer and you would have a weapon with you. 
obviously, if I was alone in the woods and I saw something scary as shit and I had a gun with me, I would probably use it. So I, I get that, like, <laughs> logic train. I just don't know how it fits. Yeah, the the graphics on the trailer looked really good. They looked awesome. And I was like, oh, this looks pre-rendered. It's probably not going to look this good. But then they went on Jeff Keighley's E3 Live on YouTube show right after the Xbox thing and showed off 15 minutes of gameplay. And it looks like the trailer. It looks awesome. They went into the same building. And you're going to be using the camcorder to kind of rewind time and see what, like, what time period you're in in certain places because that's what the witch does she can control time mm -hmm. to make it so you never leave the woods and it's always night so i think they have some cool stuff to play around there it's clear that they understand the lore of that universe and lionsgate's been putting a bunch of money into games there's also a john wick game coming out from mike Bith bithel's studio and he's like a pretty good game maker so it looks like they're being smart about who they're letting make games based on their properties which is cool yeah, um, I mean, it's. I feel like we've kind of had a lull from all the movie games because if there is a movie game, I think it's mostly been like uh, an iPhone game lately where right. we'll get some kind of iPhone tie-in and we haven't had like a console movie tie-in game in a while. So, um, I mean, they've traditionally been not very good, but if they put the time and effort into making these cool series have like actual relevant games connected to them, I, I'm in for it. There's actually three Blair Witch games that are isometric style, like uh, Resident Evil, mm -hmm. uh, that came out in the early 2000s. They, they're like kind of budget games, but they're really cool. I played through one of them. They have really good atmosphere, and it's all about rust and par, and it takes place in the time period that kind of inspired the legends that they're telling in the Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like a retelling in the movie. I thought that game, or the one I played, was really cool. Yeah, so I hope this I one's think, good. Yeah, I'm interested in it for sure. So, what was your favorite show at E3 out of all the different press conferences? Hmm. I I think Microsoft had the best event. Like, I think they showed off the most things that looked right. good and like kept me interested the longest amount of time. But I think games I'm most looking forward to are the Star Wars game from EA. I think uh, what's it called, like Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. That looks that awesome. Cool. Um, I think the Blair Witch game is up there for me. Uh, Doom Eternal is up there on my list. And Oh, Doom Eternal looks awesome, man. Yeah. That, like, uncut 10 minutes of gameplay for Doom. Like, not a, I didn't need to be sold for Doom Eternal, but that really sold me. Uh, yeah, so I, that looks so good. And I like the multiplayer, how, like, refined it is compared to the garbage we got with the first yeah. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Wolfenstein Youngblood looks really good. That, like, I'm, I think, I'm excited for that. I think that's kind of going to be a sleeper. Like, I don't think anyone's really counting it out, but I think that people right. are going to like that game more than they expect. Right, because it's like a $30 pseudo-sequel to the Wolfenstein 2, and people are like, oh, it's just DLC or whatever. But I think right. that's going to be a pretty good media experience, because the old blood was 30 bucks, and that was just as long as Wolfenstein The New Order. It was a completely new game in the same engine. It was awesome. And it's a co-op experience, which is kind of cool and unique. You get to play yeah, as so, uh, BJ's, yeah, BJ's two daughters. daughters, and they have the super suits from Wolfenstein 2, so that's, that just looks really cool to me. I'm definitely... I think Wolfenstein 2 kind of got skipped over by a lot of people, because... Yeah, it did. For some reason, it went on sale like really quick after it came out. And every, yeah. it's one of those games everyone was so hyped for. They're like... 
they wanted to get on their like political bandwagon and be like, oh, this is the Nazi killing game. We get to kill Nazis. And then they don't buy it. It's like, that's what (laughs) always happens. It's like when you cater to political people on Twitter, that's what happens. You know what? They don't turn out to buy the fucking game. But that game was awesome. That game was awesome. Like, it actually took me a while to go back and play it too. But once I did beat that game, I was very much into it. I think the story of that is like one of the better uh, campaigns in a game i've played in a long time and i think that's way overlooked and it's so fucking fun and over the top yeah dude it just plays really well it's really good on pc apparently people have a lot of trouble with it like it's apparently really hard for some people to play i didn't find it very hard like i played through it in one sitting i only died a couple times i was playing it on hard it just it's really to like learn how to play it yeah but it's fun definitely i'm looking forward to that a lot and um i think the game that surprised me the most was the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I have tried to play the original Final Fantasy VII and haven't gotten very far since I, I didn't grow up with it. I don't know really how it plays. I didn't play many PS1 games, so going back to something boat. like that is kind of hard for me to play when I've played like a bunch of current games and it just plays so bad in comparison. Yeah. But the gameplay they showed off at the Square Enix conference looked amazing. It looks like such a cool combination of like Final Fantasy 15 and some of the turn-based uh, stuff from earlier Final Fantasy games. Graphics look amazing. Um, it's definitely one that I'm going to show up for. I think it's coming out early 2020 and I'm, I'm going to get that for sure. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. It's coming out on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yep, so, it is. Uh, the graphics look great and I'm glad that it's action combat because I don't like really turn-based combat all that much. And I really liked Final Fantasy 15. So I will definitely give this a shot. I heard the story is like insane in it. So and people are gonna remember just how like nuts it is when they're yeah. playing through it. I don't so it's not gonna be the full game though. It's gonna be just the Midgar section, whatever that means to people who have played it before. But uh because it's such a big game that they have to do it in chunks, they said, and that each section is gonna be like its own full game. What do you think about that? Yeah, I heard that it's going to come out on multiple Blu-ray discs, which I don't think has happened since Metal Gear Solid 4. So No, dude, that was on one. That filled a Blu-ray disc. Okay. That was I've like pushing the limits a game of having... a Blu-ray disc, right? That was like dude, the Red, big thing. Red Dead 2. Red Dead 2, if you Red bought Dead it on 2. disc. Yeah, that's true. That's the only one I can think of, though. Yeah, so, I mean, that's definitely a rarity. So, this is going to be a huge game. I, I, I mean, yeah. I heard talk when it was originally coming out that it was going to be episodic so i guess that's kind of how they're playing it where yeah. like you said this will be the midgar section and then they'll do like the whole thing for the next section and so on and so forth so um i don't know it'll be interesting to see uh i think it's definitely going to sell a lot of copies and i think people are really looking forward to it oh that game is going to sell so many copies <laughs> i thought that was really cool i thought death loop looked really good there wasn't any real gameplay from the trailer that they showed so can't really say anything about that but i also thought obviously ghostwire tokyo looks sweet yeah i'm ghostwire just bummed cool. that they're not doing evil within three it's like oh that sucks but i get why it just it wasn't it didn't sell well you know it, and they ended the series pretty definitively with two like it had a nice little happy ending yeah um i mean i guess it's not like never say never um that studio like probably could do it again if you know if they had the budget for it or bethesda wanted another one um, but I think they wanted to kind of branch out and try something new. And Ghostwire, to be fair, does look really cool, and I'm I'm gonna play that for sure. Yeah, it's, um, they said it's like an action shooter, right? Yeah, kind something of. like that. Yeah. So I'm like down. Some, I'll play some whatever. Some elements out. to it, also. So, uh, I'm excited for it. Like I think that 
they've definitely proven with Evil Within 1 and 2 they can make a really stellar game, so I'm, I'm definitely interested. Yeah, so that's going to be really fun. There was just a lot of cool stuff announced this year that's coming out next year. Like, obviously, Cyberpunk looks great. Um, there just wasn't a lot of horror, but I will take the lessened horror representation for, you know, getting a Blair Witch game announced. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. And I think if that really does well, it's going to make a big splash in the horror game community. Yeah, so we can get into the movie news now. The first thing we have to talk about is that Mike Flanagan's Doctor Sleep trailer just randomly dropped this week. So <laughs> I had heard that this movie was pushed. I thought it was pushed to January, but they moved it up to November 8th this year. And they did some really cool stuff recreating shots and sets from The Shining. And they connected it to The Shining. Which is weird because I thought we talked about this being a thing like a couple months ago. And I, or it might not have been a public knowledge thing, but I knew it was going to be a sequel to The Shining. I just don't know how. I well, heard the, that somewhere. The book is a sequel to The Shining. The book Right. Is... I just didn't know they were going to connect it to Kubrick's movie. Or no, I knew they were going to connect it to Kubrick's movie. I oh. just didn't know. I didn't know that wasn't common knowledge. <laughs> but they did some really cool stuff like building out set. They rebuilt sets. That wasn't just reusing shots from the first movie. Yeah, that's like one of the cooler things that came out about this, where there are scenes in the trailer that look like they are shots from the original movie, but it's just yeah. that the team there painstakingly recreated these sets from the Kubrick movie, and they look identical. Like, you cannot tell the difference, which is insane. Yeah, there's going to be some really big talent in this movie. Um, you've got Ewan McGregor. And you've got Rebecca Ferguson. You've got Jocelyn Donahue from uh, The House of the Devil. She's coming <laughs> back. She hasn't done, like, I don't think anything since that movie. So I'm excited to see her in it. And have you read this book? I, I heard a, a lot of people say the book isn't very good. So they hope that they change it up a little bit to make it a better story. I, I think the problem comes from, like, a comically bad villain. Um, like he's just, like, purely evil for no reason or whatever. Like, it just isn't a good villain or something. Yeah, I, I did read the book. Um, the villain is basically just... The villain is, like, basically this group of, um, like, essentially vampires, where they hunt down people that have, like, the Shining or other powers like that, that have some kind of, like, psychic ability, and okay. they, like, feed off of them to stay alive, and they disguise themselves as elderly people, and they drive around in Winnebago's to be unnoticed. So okay. I'll just, like, go to a Winnebago park, hang out, like, track down these people that have powers and then kill them and suck up their energy. And so it kind of revolves around this little girl has the Shining, uh, reaches out to the adult version of um, the kid from the first movie. And then from there, it's like a race between, like, he's trying to basically teach her about, like, what the Shining is, like, what these powers are, how he's dealt with it through the years. And they're, like, coming for her as well. Okay, that's cool. I don't mind that. I, I want to see it. I just want to like know if it's good or not. It's weird that they just randomly dropped the trailer out of nowhere, and it's still New Line. It's uh, the people behind It Chapter 2 and everything. So I hope it's good. Mike Flanagan really changed. I had to change a heart on him after Haunting of Hill House, and this looks like it's the same kind of mood as that show. I mean, he definitely can adapt movies well. Like That's been kind of his thing. So right. I, I'm in for it. I'm definitely uh, excited. And this trailer... You know, I wasn't really sure how to feel because, like you said, the kind of public opinion on the book is, like, very 50-50. So, um, I'm, I'm glad to see that the movie looks, like, really good and not on the lower half of the 
Yeah, you can't really beat Ewan McGregor. Definitely can't. (laughs) So we also have an official synopsis for Stranger Things 3. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically it's all about Eleven and her friends being reminded that evil never ends. It evolves. They're going to band together to survive and remember that friendship is always stronger than fear. So that sounds like a great, great setup for the season that reveals nothing. <laughs> I don't know why it was a big deal that this, like, like we finally have the synopsis. It's like, yeah, I gleaned all of this from the fucking two trailers they put. Yeah. There's a mall in town. Bad things are going to happen. It's the summer of 1985. What else do you need to know? Um, another kind of weird thing with this season of the show is there's been a huge amount of uh, commercial tie-ins, like with businesses, where... yeah. Um, Nike did a thing where they are bringing back like a, they have like a line of Stranger Things shoes that are based around like 1985 style tennis shoes. Yeah. They're like Hawkins, Indiana themed, which they look cool. I'm just not in the business of buying white shoes and they're yeah. all white. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, and Burger King is doing the upside down Whopper where they're that's selling so a Whopper that's assembled, uh, the opposite way. Uh, but it's no so like the inside of it right is like normal but then the like bottom bun is on top and then the top bun is on bottom right (laughs) right Right. (laughs) i mean you know if you order this from burger king what they're gonna do is they're gonna make a whopper normal and then put it in a bag because it's just a whopper like it's not (laughs) like they serve it to you upside down (laughs) yeah so so weird you Um, can also order um new coke I want to try that, but New Coke apparently just tastes like Diet Coke because Diet Coke was made from New Coke. <laughs> it's like, okay. So if you want to try some like Diet Coke with sugar instead of whatever poison they put in that shit, uh, you can order New Coke on Coke's website. It's kind of expensive, though. It's kind of a cool idea, though. Like, you know, if you never got to taste it, like, it's kind of interesting to yeah. see what the whole uproar was about. So, I mean, I'd like to try I it. want the Lego set, dude. I really want that Lego set. It's so cool. The upside down one. I think that looks sick. I'm really fucking... I want that bad. <laughs> it's 200 bucks, though. They also just put out uh, the Gates of Jurassic Park Lego set with, like, a T-Rex that's... You know how Lego dinosaurs are kind of just basically, like, you snap them together? Mm-hmm. This is, like, a brick-built T-Rex that's scaled right for the gate. And it comes with all of the characters from Jurassic Park. I was like, "Fuck, that's I pretty want sweet." That. <laughs> it's two two fifty. Also, they're just so expensive. But hey, man, Stranger Things will be here in just a couple weeks. I'm really excited for it. I hope, uh, I hope it's good. I hope nothing happens to specifically Steve because <laughs> he's the best character. Right. I I I think it'd be cool if they did a power move and just killed Eleven in the first episode. <laughs> but. This plot synopsis makes is it, they're still trying to pretend that she's the main character, right? But it's like no one's here for her, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so stupid. Like they tried but, to give her an episode last season, and it was like unanimously the least so episode. bad. So. I don't understand. Like I saw a couple people who made it a point to be like, no, this episode is like beautiful and tragic and strong. It's like the story can be good in the episode, but the episode can be bad. And that episode was bad. It just, it felt like a soft pilot for a new TV show. And it was a waste of an hour of it, of the show's plot. It was just dumb. Yeah. And it, was like, crin- th- it was cringy too. It was like basically everything people criticize Stranger Things for that don't like it, you know, being nostalgia bait and shit. That's yeah. all that was. <laughs> So I hope they don't do an episode like that again. And I hope none of those characters show up again because they were all bad. (laughs) 
She's yeah, gonna, do you think Eleven's gonna take another detour to Chicago for no reason? Uh, I really, I really hope not. I like, I don't really know what she's gonna do. Like you said, like I think she is kind of the weakest part of the show. Like I think the most fun part is seeing all the kids interact with each other and right. the like strangeness of the Demogorgons attacking this like Midwestern town. So the the weird thing about this season though is that it's in the summer for once. Like not only in the show, but coming out in the summer as opposed to October. So I like that. I was kinda of down on it at first because they nailed the fall feel so much, but I'm sure they'll go back to that. You know, like, I, mean, I don't I, think... I, I think it's kind of fun to have, like, a, a summer detour, much like an 80s movie where they had all the, like, summer slasher flicks. So I hope there's a lot of kind of uh, Easter eggs connecting it to some of those classic 80s slashers. Like, if there's a Sleepaway Camp reference in this season, it's going to be a 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a 10 out of 10 for me if it does not kill Steve. It could be the worst <laughs> show ever. I just, like, I don't know. I feel like they're going to pull some shit like that just to do it. I just don't want yeah. them to. Yeah, I, I could see them trying to tug at our heartstrings in that way. Yeah, but he's got a new girlfriend. He's hanging out with Ethan Hawke's daughter in the show. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, is she, like, the other girl at the Scoops Ahoy? Yeah, that's Ethan Hawke's know. daughter. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that. Apparently she's like a really good actress and I think that's a cool new addition. I also hope they give Max more screen time because I thought she was really cool in season two and she just didn't get enough screen time. It was like, we just need a girl around to cause conflict. Let's just throw her in. And I hope they actually make her more of a character this season. Yes, but uh, it looks like her and Eleven are going to be buddies. And it looks like Billy is going to play uh, kind of a front-facing role in this season too. Yeah, they're so. apparently they're like retconning the whole thing where he tells her not to hang out with Lucas and it very heavily sounds like he's saying don't hang out with that black guy you know right but they're trying they're going back I looked this up because I was like they're really trying to make Billy like this main character like the dude's obviously racist like I wish they would just kill him (laughs) off right and then in interviews and shit they're like retconning that and saying no he's just trying to say I don't want you hanging out with those kids like boys or whatever and it's like yeah okay that's what that's what he meant (laughs) right like go back and watch that episode and tell me that was the context of it i yeah i went on youtube dude i was like nah nah you guys just made a mistake and i'm surprised they haven't gone back and just edited that scene out because they did that shit with uh game of thrones when the coffee cup was in there they like uploaded a new cut to hbo go that didn't have it right like (laughs) did you see that isn't that crazy yeah they could have just reshot that scene with like a different tone of his voice like they could have 80 yard in him like re-saying the line and it would have been better yeah so i don't know i'm really excited for the show nonetheless i think it's gonna be cool there's also a game like a tie-in game coming to switch the day the show comes out yeah uh this is kind of weird because they're saying like oh there's gonna be a mobile tie-in for this season but there was a mobile tie-in for last season so yeah i I don't know like why people are you like like that game like it's a new thing uh, I, I played a little bit of it. It's cool. It's kind of like an 8-bit uh, beat-em-up. Each of the characters has, like, a, a little sprite, and they all have different abilities and can do different things. Like, you kind of explore Hawkins. There's a little overworld map. Like, it's very reminiscent of, like, a an SNES or an NES game. So, if you like those yeah, kind of games, Yeah, it looks like cool. uh, the new one looks like um, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, like that kind of game. Yeah. Um, last one was kind of like an overworld, like, typical... Uh, not really like a side scroller beat em up, but like a top down like exploration and like fight a couple enemies type thing. I thought it was cool. Um, 
So I guess that did well enough to warrant a sequel. So we're going to get more of that. Yeah, so I am really excited for that. Next up, we have another movie I'm really excited for. Ed and Lorraine Warren have a near-death experience in new Annabelle Comes Home clip. So this is them driving home with Annabelle to put her back in the little case, or to put her in the case for the first time. Assuming after the end of the first movie, or whenever they get Annabelle, and um, their car breaks down, and there's like a truck that almost hits Ed, like a ghost lady pushes him into the street. It was a pretty tense scene. Like I thought it looked good. I like the fog. I like the atmosphere. I like that they're showing scenes with the Warrens in this movie. And so they're basically saying it's a conjuring movie. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to add a lot of depth to this movie. I think just having them in an Annabelle movie makes it a lot better. Uh, not that Annabelle two was bad. It was a massive improvement over the first one, but I think this is really going to step it up that extra edge to kind of put it up on the, same level as the conjuring movies and yeah i think it's cool that like they're actually going to be in it as the warrens and i'd like to see more of them kind of playing around in the extended uh conjuring universe yeah i got a screening invite for it so i'm gonna see it early i don't know if i'll do a video on it because for some reason conjuring movies just don't do well on youtube i don't know why because they make <laughs> so much money but i will i'll definitely talk about it on here after i check it out so i'm excited for that Child's Play is finally coming out next week, and it's just kind of feeling like, whew. I got invited to a really <laughs> cool party for that at E3. I got to go to this, like, it was called the Child's Play E3 experience or something, but it was just like a party for influencers or whatever, and they had two of the dolls. So everyone's, like, drinking and standing around talking and, like, enjoying themselves, and I'm, like, holding up my camera to this display case with these <laughs> Chucky dolls in it and shit. I'm, like, trying to take pictures of it. That was kind of fun. Um, the review embargo for the movie is noon on Thursday, which if you're keeping track is about like three hours before the first showings of the movie in the U S. So if that's a, if that's not a statement, I don't know what is about how they, <laughs> how confident they are in this movie. Um, last latest update we've got here on HBO's Lovecraft country has a new actor replacing another one. Did, is this like ha when is the show coming out? Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <we've, laughs> I thought it was like relatively soon. That's what I thought, but I don't see um, a release date out here yet. Uh, basically, one of the characters who is supposed to um, who was uh, the Christina Braith Braithwaite Braithwaite okay. um, in the HBO adaptation of this has been replaced um, with a new actress. Abby Lee from uh, Mad Max Fury Road. And right. uh, also this guy, Daniel uh, Sackhelm, has come aboard as an executive producer. So huh. switching up some things before, I don't know if this is like prior to filming, if they're getting ready to film it, uh, if they're kind of just like, you know, getting everything set, set up now. But, uh, you know, kind of switching things up before the, for the, marketing and everything kind of gets going for the show yeah so it looks like so i read this book it's pretty good it gets a little comical with like how it's kind of like what we we're just talking about with dr sleep where you know every bad guy in this book is like a white cop or something like that which is mm -hmm. thematically fine like it makes sense but it's they're just like comically evil you know right it's just evil like, just okay, to be evil like you don't get it kind to see of beats it over your yeah 
Right. Um, you don't get to see any like real reason for their motivations or anything. They just like other need than a bad they're just guy. racist and it's right. the fifties, you know, right. which is like it makes sense based on the time period. Uh, but it's a good book. I really liked it, and it looks like this season is just pulling from the first part of it. So it's an anthology book that th- it's like it feels like um, it feels like a comic arc where you're it's one story that's tied together. But that follows the same characters, but they do different story arcs in the novel. So the the little description at the end that talks about how it's like about Atticus going to find his dad, you know, that's the mm-hmm. first part of the book. That's that's like the first four or five chapters. So, so se- it looks the, like they're breaking it up into seasons. Right. Seasons might play out like almost uh, like an anthology where you'll follow like a different character in the same universe and then they'll all kind of meet up at some point. Yeah. So it, it looks cool. It's going to be on HBO and Jordan yeah. Peele, I guess, is producing it. So it's, it's the got talent on board. I think it's going to be a cool show. Yeah, I get it. Oh, JJ Abrams is making it too. It's Jordan Peele teaming up with JJ Abrams, which is pretty fucking cool. Right. Can't get much better, uh, like producers or influencers than that. So I, I think it has good legs on it, good people involved. So I think this could be pretty good. And HBO obviously has huge budget for their shows and really pushes them. So we'll see how it is. Yeah, and then in the other weird news we have this week, Blumhouse just stealth announced this week that they're remaking Black Christmas, which as far as I know is the first slasher movie ever, the original Black Christmas, and it's coming to theaters this December on the 13th, which is a Friday the 13th, and that's pretty cool. It stars Imogen Poots, who was great in Green Room, and it's basically about a group of sorority sisters who get attacked by a slasher and they decide that they're going to fight back, which sounds really cool. Uh, Sophia Takal is um, directing it, and the writer of the script is April Wolf. But Sophia Takal basically, I guess, got this job for doing that New Year, New You movie we talked about earlier this year. Oh, really? Yeah, she directed that, which was so pretty really good. this really had a, a fast turnaround on this movie. If it's coming out in December, and she just got it after that, which came out like the beginning of the year... Yeah, I'm assuming the budget's pretty low. I'm assuming they're just going to turn it around quick. It's going to be a slasher. She knows what she's doing. Like, remember we talked about that. We said we thought she should do a slasher movie. Definitely. And that's I what she's doing. That was, like, for sure one of the better of those um, Netflix. I forget what that uh, series is called. but the, like, Yeah, Netflix. Into the Dark. Yeah, Into the Dark. Um, one of the better ones. I thought it was well-directed. It had really good actors in it. An interesting story. So um, I'm excited to see kind of what she does with this story. Yeah, and it kind of feels like the story they're going with is one that should be directed by, directed and written by a female. I'm interested in that perspective of, like, not writing a bunch of bimbos, you know? like Right. We get to see... Like, the... oh, no, the slasher's coming. Oh, my bra <laughs> fell off. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's not going to happen, you know? It's going to be, like, right. a serious, cool, hopefully fun movie. Yeah, I mean, it'll have, you know, hopefully a bunch of, like, well-written, strong female characters fighting off against the slasher. There won't be any you know, big, like, femme fatale moments or anything, so... And, and I think this is kind of one of those movies that has been around for so long, and it's, like, not forgotten, because, like you said, it's, you know, one of the first slasher movies, if not the first slasher movie. Um, people like th- to bring it up and be like, do you remember Black Christmas? Right. It's kind of overdone on YouTube at this point, because every right. horror channel now wants to be that every Christmas. <laughs> they're like, what can I do? <laughs> but I, I think it's it's definitely time for someone to take a fresh spin on it i think that would be kind of a nice way to breathe new life into this into this movie not many people have seen 
All right, so that's all the horror news we have for this week on movies. We also got a couple new release dates. Gears of War 5 is coming out on September 10th, and there's going to be a cool Terminator pack, which kind of feels thematically like that makes sense, you know? Yeah. For that game. Fits in that universe for sure. I think that game's going to be really cool. I'm really excited for that um, contamination mode they showed off with yeah. uh, the three player PVE co op. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I could see that being. You know, kind of a fun way to switch up horde mode, make it a little bit better, a little more, get give it some depth. Yeah, I and they are doing horde mode, which is cool. That game graphically looks awesome. They're switching perspectives from JD Phoenix to the other the girl that follows you around in that game, which mm-hmm. shows she's kind of like a whatever character in four. So hopefully they kind of expand her out. Uh, the locusts are coming back, which is pretty cool. I'm happy. I'm excited for that. Uh, that'll be on Games Pass, though, so it, we'll know soon enough if it's a good or bad game. Um, <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3 still has a 2019 release date, but you get to play as Gooigi, so that's going to be Game of the <laughs> I Year. I love Gooigi. <laughs> I like Gooigi, too. They had a statue of him at the booth. Yeah, I saw awesome. uh, some memes floating around about the the giant Luigi statue that they had at E3, so yeah. it's funny. Yep, and that's pretty much all we got out of E3. So we're going to take a quick break, and then George is going to tell me about the silence. (laughs) All right, we're back from our quick break. George, you watched The Silence. I was supposed to watch it, but I got kind of sucked into Cadence of Hyrule, and then I was just like, eh, I don't really want to watch it. <laughs> and then I realized we were going to talk about it on the show, and I was like, fuck. So what did you think of The Silence, George? Uh, so just a little bit of background. The Silence is a, I believe it's a Netflix original movie. I'm basing that it off, is. off of, uh, like, I think that they made it in-house. It wasn't, like, purchased from anywhere, because in the movie it stars um, the uh, Kiernan... Shipka from the um, Sabrina show that Netflix has, and the girl who oh, plays okay. Aunt Zelda in the Sabrina show. So I think having yeah. them together really kind of makes me feel like it was an in-house Netflix project. Um, but it's, so it's a ripoff of one of their own movies. So <laughs> it, first off, it's not good. It's pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> the idea of first off, it's not good. <laughs> Let me just get that out of the way real quick. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of a uh, bird box and quiet place knockoff. Um, the The setup for the movie is these miners are in a cave in the very beginning of the movie. They break down a wall and they release all these birds that fly around in the air <laughs> that are they look like pterodactyls but don't have eyes. And so they hunt Oops. by they hunt by sound and if they hear you they'll drop in on you and attack you and they attack in swarms and they kill people. So movie sets up and they cause the apocalypse and they cause the apocalypse because people are like, Oh, these big cities sure are crazy. Cause there's so much noise. And then they swarm around the big cities and kill a bunch of people. Okay. So, so uh, this main, <laughs> Oh wow. That's this, wild. <laughs> this main family also, this is like in the movie, but is kind of a throwaway thing. Like they don't, utilize it at all um the <laughs> kiernan shipka's character ally is a deaf girl and oh okay so 
like they use sign language obviously like everyone in the family knows sign language because she's deaf and they've had to communicate with her so that's like kind of played into that's the movie. literally just ripped from <laughs> a quiet place right so like that's clearly a ripoff of a quiet pa- quiet place and uh i mean there's a lot of weird plot things uh one of the so they see that all these birds are coming in and killing people and they the news broadcasts this thing that's like everybody stay in your houses don't you know don't do anything uh government will figure it out and then we got this and then Allie is like oh if we're in a big city there's gonna be a lot of noise so we should go up north and they're like yeah it's probably a good idea we'll go up north (laughs) so you'd assume that if they were so ready and willing to go up north they would have a place to stay while they were up north (laughs) but while they're what city do they live in does it say um I, I mean, it's, like, a big city. I'm not sure exactly if they say it or not. I wasn't... Okay. If they okay. did, I missed it, but um, it might be, like, a Chicago or an L.A. Um, okay. But I guess an L.A. wouldn't make sense, because, like, there isn't up north that they can drive to. So okay. it's probably right. So it's, like, to they like go a, to, like, a cold area. Right. So uh, they take their minivan, they drive up north, and their car, you know, gets attacked, and they have to start walking on foot. They find this old woman's cabin, and... <laughs> take it over from her and then so the are the bats up north the bats are up north like the bats are everywhere they'll come in and they'll kill you like they show up to the old lady's house and the bats kill the old lady like minutes like as soon as they get there basically so <laughs> did they like is it their fault like did they bring the bats up there to her and just like well we got this old lady killed man we'll take her cabin i mean i think originally they were trying to just like get her attention to see if they could stay with her but she comes outside with a shotgun in hand and starts firing, and then the bats are like, oh, hell yeah, this is a good dinner time. And they come in and eat her and drop her down a well. And <laughs> <laughs> They drop her down a well? <laughs> they drop her down a well at her front yard. Why? They can't eat her then. I, I don't know, Jimmy. It's, it's, it's really bad. So not only is like, the plot weird, they introduce this like cult in the third act of the movie where uh, they have to go into town and they have to get antibiotics. So they okay. go into this pharmacy, they get antibiotics, and then this preacher guy stops them in the street and, like, wants them to join them, and they're like, no, we're not going to join you. And then he's like, come on, don't you really want to join us? And they're like, absolutely not. So then the guy reveals that he has his tongue cut out, because that's supposed to be, like, I guess part of his cult or his religion or something, it's not really explained. And so okay. then there's a conflict, because they show up at the house and, like, are trying to force... They, they want the daughter for some reason. It's not explained. They want the daughter. The only explanation is the guy writes on a piece of paper that she's fertile. And so he's like, uh, we want the daughter. So Oh, so they just want to they want to use her as a, like a, a baby factory. Right. And like he sees as that, it were. that she was using sign language in the store. And so he's like, oh, that would be like a good tool for us to use. I'm, I'm inferring all, right, so all she, this. That's a clear benefit they have for kidnapping this girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not good for her, obviously. So they're just going to, like, rape her and stuff. <laughs> but she could teach them sign language, right? Yeah. I mean, that would be a benefit, like, if they could co-op something, like, if it wasn't just, like, this forced teach them sign language. Because I was just teaching... If it were me, I would just teach them the sign language for poop, and that was it. 
That's all you're getting out of me. <laughs> you get to learn about PP. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, but no, like, so getting antibiotics from a, the store, that's mm-hmm. the beginning of a quiet place. So yeah. they're just lifting plot points and having the deaf girl, that's the quiet place. Like, and there's a cult, which is ripped right out of Bird Box, which is their own movie. So <laughs> they're just being shameless about it. Yeah, it's a weird, like, mashup of those. Um, like, I, I actually really like. Um, Stanley Tucci and Kiernan Shipka, I think they're good actors generally, but I think that all the acting in this movie is pretty terrible. Um, the plot oh, no. it, it is stupid. Um, <laughs> like, it, it, it was just really bad. Like, I would not recommend this to anybody. Uh, how are the kills, though? Like, how's the CGI? Is, the CGI? Obviously, the bats are CGI, right? Yeah, and they're not very good. Um, <laughs> There's nothing redeemable? They're like... Come on. Basic, There's got to be something you like. They're like basically sci-fi level uh effects for the like a sci-fi original movie level effects for the the pterodactyls all right so is it like a summer movie is it like a movie you watch in the summer when, when should you watch this movie what's the, what's the ideal viewing scenario for a movie like this i think like the fall i think that's kind of what they were going for was like a fall vibe in the movie and that seems like when when it would be like when you could get most in the mood for it I like that Netflix is just committed to proving they're incapable of making a quality film. <laughs> like yeah. they're like they're out, we're like we're out here. We're never gonna make a good movie. I I mean it is weird. Like you would assume that they would. I I mean like, I just don't get why they would make this movie when they have Bird Box, which like you know isn't fantastic or anything, but is like a much better yeah, movie okay. than this. Like it's okay, and this is terrible. I bet so. people feel bad talking shit about Bird Box. <laughs> Right, like when you see that there are worse versions of the movie to be made, like it kind of yeah. makes Bird Box not look as bad. So I don't know if that was yeah. like the long con for them. Like they were like, we're going to release this like seven months down the road and it's going to make Bird Box look way better. Um, but it's it was really bad. Uh, if I had to rate it on Letterboxd, I'd give it a one out of five. Oh, wow. A one? A big old one. Well, you sound like someone who has not seen Dark Phoenix, if you're going to give that a one. <laughs> Because that shit, that is the hardest one I've ever experienced in my life. So you didn't have any enjoyment at all. There was no personal enjoyment whatsoever to be found in this movie. There's one scene that made me laugh out loud. So What was it? Spoilers, but... You've already spoiled that this lady gets (laughs) dropped down a well by the big bat. That was pretty funny, too. But... I can't... (laughs) But there's a scene where the cult sends this little girl to the house. And so you don't know what's... That she's from the cult at first, and she's, like, standing outside in the rain. Well, where the fuck else would she be from? Uh, obviously. So, they're like, well, we have to let her in. And then, so they bring her inside, <laughs> okay. and then they're, like, trying to talk to her. She won't say anything. And then they realize that she has her tongue cut out. So, like, oh, shit, she's part of the cult. And the cult, like, suicide bombers trapped her up with a million iPhones that all had alarms going off at different times. And so, like, <laughs> 50 iPhone alarms go off, and it changed. Oh, no. And so all the, like birds start attacking the house but it's the stupidest <laughs> shit i've ever seen in my whole life <laughs> why that sounds like, pretty clever it's so dumb it's i'm so looking dumb. up the bats so sorry if you can hear my keyboard everyone and then there's like too many iphones for them to turn off so they just fill up a tub of water and start throwing all the iphones in the water okay it's ridiculous oh bloody disgusting says it's a joyless and forgettable movie basically that, that's that's putting it lightly um there is one scene that i thought was genuinely like 
like kind of tug at the heartstrings a bit. Um, These things cause the apocalypse. They're tiny. <laughs> yeah, like they're probably about the size of like a small dog, but have wings. Just use a gun. <laughs> Put uh, here, George. I'm gonna tell you yeah. right now how I would kill these things. I would get a lot of grenades mm-hmm. and put timers on them and then strap alarms to them and just throw them on the ground. So or, then the, the bat will eat the bu- grenade and blow up. <laughs> or you just like set up in a baseball stadium, blast the speakers as loud as possible, and just have like a military platoon there with guns and then just shoot them down as they come in towards the stadium. Or something. All right, remember like, in um a quiet place how they kill the the things? Yeah. By being like really loud or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do they kill? How do they kill these things? I mean, like, okay, there's one scene where the dad kills actually a decent amount of them because uh his wife's being attacked and on the nice. property. This is on the the cabin <laughs> that they're staying at. There's a okay. a wood chipper. So he turns on the wood chipper, which makes a lot of noise. And they all just fly into the wood chipper and get turned into mush. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. And that's like the one scene where they like actively try to combat them. And there's one scene where a guy shoots them with a bow and arrow and it's stupid. (laughs) How does the dog die? The dog dies. This is the part that like apparently people are very upset that a dog dies. That's what I'm saying. This part like actually talked to my heartstrings when the dog died. Because what they do is they're all in uh the van and they're driving north and so one of the birds like hits the window and so the dog is like barking at it because he wants to get it and so like that causes more of them to show up and they all start attacking the van and so the dad just opens up the back of the car and lets the dog go because he's making too much noise damn what a dick cold-blooded let the poor dog go (laughs) gets killed cold-blooded cold-blooded do you see the dog die no thankfully someone said the silence really had to do the dog like that they did they did him so dirty they did him so dirty why did they even bring their dog obviously he's gonna bark at the bat they could just bring my dog i don't know i don't have to cut out his voice box or something (laughs) we gotta figure some shit out but that's the silence it's really bad uh don't watch it unless you're going in with the expectation of making fun of it um like I said, I'd give it a one out of five. Oh, it was directed by the guy who directed Annabelle. That explains a lot. All right, guys. <laughs> George gave The Silence a one out of five. You could have just led with that. We didn't even have to talk about it. But, hey, there you go. Uh, I will never watch this movie, so don't tell me your opinions on it. You can tell George <laughs> on Twitter at George Frizzard, And you can tell me your opinions on good movies at Jimmy Champagne. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, George? Uh, no, I think I'm all good for the week. All right. Bye.